welcome back to our Million Dollar Career Podcast. As always, I'm here with my good buddy, Rob Houghton. And uh, Rob, happy uh, July 4th weekend. Um, we just got back from the got back from the beach. Maddie and I were doing some surfing today. Unbelievable waves today. The uh, tropical storm off coast of Carolina. Really? And uh, but my gosh, it was already crowded down there. It's you want to see crowds go to the beach on July Fourth weekend. I think the beach. I, I think the key to the beach is you got to get there early, man. Yeah. Yeah. Even at seven thirty this morning, it was just bonkers. But that's all right. It's cool. You got to get anyway. there early, man. And uh, watch out for the sharks. I hear the sharks are out now, man. Oh, yeah, whatever. They're out there, man. They're yeah. out there. There's there sharks everywhere. There's sharks everywhere. There's sharks everywhere. But that's all right. But hey, I'm look, not even talking about the ocean, man. Yeah. So I say there's <laughs> sharks everywhere. But hey, look, let's uh, let's use July 4th weekend to talk about our topic. And, you know, so 200 and what, 20 some, 200. How many years ago? 1776, on July 4th, 1776, First Continental Congress was established when a group of who would then have been considered very treasonous individuals oh, yeah. got together yeah. in Philadelphia and penned out the Declaration of Independence. And it's the story, everybody, it's the story that every kid is taught about the United States and how it was founded and why it was founded and you think about you know the constitution and you know look yeah you know, it's a great story yeah if you think about just the challenges to inspire all the people yeah under british rule at that point cuz they were doing something so treasonous that they were at risk of losing their property their, their lives family, their money, their reputation, their lives, and people like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin. These are all people of Hamilton, you know, ultimate, you know, Hamilton, all these guys. And I think, you know, going back to these guys, they could all tell a story. And particularly with regards to the guys like Patrick Henry, who were involved at the front end of this movement, which is what it was at that point. Mm -hmm. They could all do three things. And these three things, I believe, are critical to any good book or movie or anything, any interactions, three things, man. The three, fire away. The three things, man. It's inform, inspire, and entertain. Entertain. If you could do those three things, that's a story. Mm -hmm. A story, I believe, is just only putting those words together in the right sentences and the right paragraphs. But if you can do those three things, inform, inspire, and entertain, man, you have the ability to be a great storyteller and to move people. But it's, that's what I think would happen. But you think about the story and the career. So, yeah, you, you, you know, the comedian Ron White. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's, now, he's pretty raw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but he's, look, he's pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah. all he does is he tells stories. Exactly. Yeah. And he gets up and he talks. You, you think about this guy, Ron White. You know, he's a Navy sailor who learned how to do stand up comedy in San Diego. And so when he wasn't, you know, and he was just some, you know, he's a low ranking enlisted guy who learns to do stand-up comedy. And his whole routine is pretty much about the story of his life and how, you know, uh, yeah, and it's raw. But, it, but you're listening to the guy and he's commanding an audience with his story. 
Then you think about the July 4th holiday, the Continental Congress, and how, you know, for, you know, couple hundred years, this story has commanded, you know, it's, you know, everybody knows it, yeah. you know, hell, people down in Latin America know the story because they're clamoring to get, you know, to get here, Cuba, I mean, they understand the story. But anyway, yeah, I got a resume from a guy the other day. He's got a pretty good story to tell, but he doesn't tell it. He's got a Rolodex of people. He's got an unbelievable list of clients. And he's doing some really cool things with wealthy clients around the globe. But he doesn't tell us. He sends me his resume. You know, manage a team of 10. Yeah, yeah. Set up, set up operations. Yeah. To maximize customer benefit. You know, so I come back to him. I go, I know your story. Why don't you tell people your story? Inform, like you said, inform them, inspire them, and entertain them to the point where they want to pick up the phone and go, "Who is this guy?" Exactly, or man. girl. Hey, uh, our friend Jack Kennedy, right? I remember I got a resume from Jack Kennedy probably twenty years ago. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this. This is classic Jack Kennedy. This is this is classic. You know, the last line of his resume was. Avid reader, lousy surfer. That's what the go. last line on his resume was. And I remember I was putting together Jack with some private equity guys. And I kid you not, man, more than a few of these people would call me back and say, hey, I want to meet this guy. This, this like, you know, avid reader, lousy surfer. I mean, it's just, it was just a classic line. And that encapsulizes, it was humility. Yeah. It was entertaining it, it's just classic you know i mean i've often wanted to advise people hey put this on your resume and i'll probably get you a job but of course it's jack's you know i would yep. never do that but i mean that was a classic example of a resume how how, how you could entertain people in a resume yep i ran into a lady i placed her <laughs> here's her story i may tell i've probably talked about this on prior podcasts but her story to me is really interesting she grew up in Mississippi on a farm and her parents were very poor and qualified for, to get food stamps from the government. But her parents were too proud to take charity. So they, they kind of muddled through, you know, managed every dime, every dollar, and they made it through. And she went to University of Texas, I believe, on a scholarship. She earned a scholarship. Now, now think about this. Young lady, poor, goes to the University of Texas, which is quite a long way from Mississippi, on a scholarship, and she does well. She goes into the Air Force and becomes an Air Force pilot. Yeah, she makes it on her own. That's that's a tough. That, yeah. yeah. But I'm listening to her story. I'm like, I love the story. And she's talking about leadership and she's you know, kind of become the fixer of broken toys and everybody, anybody yeah. who, you know, you know why that's a great story because she emotionally connects with people. Yep. I'm thinking of this guy, Jack Ma, right? The, the owner, the founder of Alibaba, the Amazon of China, right? Right. Jack Ma, you know, this Jack Ma, sure. Who this guy is, right? Do you, do you, I was just reading about this guy in the Wall Street Journal. You realize 
he applied to work at a KFC. There were 24 applicants. 23 were accepted for the position. Not him. He applied to Harvard University 10 times, man, yeah. before finally getting in. He, he, he wanted to be a police officer. He got rejected from being a police officer early in his career. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. And I think what it is, and I think what it is with the Air Force Academy person is that creates empathy yep. in the audience. People emotionally connect with that, which mm -hmm. I think is very, very powerful. I love those. Yeah, I love those stories. Well, the guys that started WhatsApp, you know, founded WhatsApp. I can't think of his name. Yeah, he applied to be an engineer at both Facebook, Google, and I believe Apple. Everybody said, yeah, you're dumb. Yeah. yeah, he was so dumb. They ended up paying like what? A couple billion dollars for his company. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, once again, the story, you're talking about the story. You know, the story is, you know, the story of Under Armour. You know, hey, we're these guys that were athletes. We couldn't find what we needed. So we created this clothing line. You know, I think, you know, and now look at it today. Yeah. It inspires people. You put that on CNBC, people are going to watch it. But the same thing goes for people and their career. And it's like, you want a great job. Oh, I love this one. I love this one. It's the, it's the dumbest resume bullet ever. And I wish people would stop it. Attended trade shows. Yeah. yeah. I you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, there are people out there that don't have the communication skills, you know, to really execute a story and deliver the punchline, yeah. sort of like a comedian. I mean, you know, storytelling, something you either got it or you don't, I think. I mean, some people just don't have that ability. I'll give you a great example. In one of our earliest episodes of The Million Dollar Career, I talked about Bill Gates. Right. I've actually met him a couple of times. When I first met Bill Gates at the Japan American Press Club, 1992, I had a chance to have breakfast with him. It was some strange circumstances. He wasn't, he wasn't as well known at that time. Mm -hmm. And he was pushing this pen technology where you take the pen and you write on the screen and everything. Or I had breakfast with this guy. And I have to tell you, he, at that point, okay, he was one of the most boring people I'd ever met. I mean, yeah. I, I could hardly stay awake during breakfast. And this is Bill Gates, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so fast forward, probably... 20 years, I met up with him in Africa, okay? And he was talking about, you know, the Gates Foundation, I think at that time was headquartered in Kampala, Uganda. And he was he was talking, he was on a crusade and spending a lot of money, which is great. I love Bill Gates for this, billions of dollars into, you know, all these causes, one of which mm -hmm. at that time was malaria, okay? He's up there talking about malaria, throwing out these statistics and this and this. And again, people were, were, were kind of losing focus. But what he did was brilliant. He had a jar of mosquitoes. And he opened up the jar of mosquitoes. And all he like, it must have been 100 mosquitoes or 1,000 mosquitoes emerged from this jar. And everybody's like, wow. Nobody ever forgot that. You know, I think a lot of people forgot about the stats and the statistics, mm -hmm. but they never forgot that memorable moment of him yeah. opening up that jar and letting the mosquitoes go. So th there's all different ways you can accomplish the same thing. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's, it's all good. But, you know, what I tell people right off the bat is this. If you can't get excited about yourself. Yeah. 
why would I or anybody else get excited about you? And that's the, you know, you got, you know, if you can't get excited about yourself, now there's a lot of people out there that are very humble and I appreciate the humility, you know, but ultimately there's a time where you got to get excited about, Hey, you have everybody's story. I think everybody's story is pretty interesting. You, you see it all over yeah. LinkedIn, you know, people who have, people who are you know, a thousand days sober or, you know, they, they kick drugs or the one time they're, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of challenges they've overcome in life. And like, it's a great story. Everybody wants to hear that story. Making that human connection, yeah. as you say, is extremely important. Another guy that thought was great at this. I mean, think about Steve Jobs. Yeah. The guy would get up there dressed in black at TED Talks. He'd have the latest iPhone. It's a piece of technology in his hand. But I can still remember some of his talks talking about how he was going to change the world and change people's lives. And he would say it with such conviction that, that everyone would believe it. Because his product always delivered that human touch, the iPhone. It's right. got to be the greatest invention of all time. But it probably would have never happened because it was dead in the water mm -hmm. a couple of times there. But Steve Jobs, he he resurrected that by by his great storytelling about how this connected the humans, you know, the, the human touch, the human connection. Yeah. There's a guy out there who does a great video. I make every everybody I, I send it to I send it out a couple hundred times a month. Oh, I've seen <laughs> Neil Bearden yeah. bicycles. I love that guy. <laughs> Neil Bearden bicycles. And he's like, you know, you know, private guys interviewing for a job in private equity. Well, yeah, why do you what's so great about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was a quant, I'm a Harvard grad. He's like, you know, bravo, bravo. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but then there's a guy who, you know. Put himself through college, redoing bicycles, you know, yeah. you know, remanufacturing bicycles, repainting them, selling yeah. them. I and noticed that, this when I was doing recruiting for private equity probably 15 years ago. I noticed that these big time, you know, like COOs of these portfolio companies, Patriarch Partners, Cerberus, you know, mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs, and uh, all these guys had something in common. These candidates. I would get feedback from the hiring authority during the interview. They would take one aspect, one accomplishment that they made in their career at some point, mm -hmm. and they turned it into a mini story, a vignette, you know, mm -hmm. a little story about how they rescued a company or, or cracked yeah. the code to sales or customer service. Man, people remembered that more than they remembered the resume, the Harvard Business School and the University of Chicago and you know, all their it. internships. People don't care about that. You want to hear a story, man. Yep. And that's what I think really separates the people that can make the big bucks and the other people. Because you know, your customer service representative, as you said, making 45K a year, trying to get a $50,000 a year job. They got stories, too, which are just yeah. as compelling. They just don't know how to tell the story. And hopefully some of those people are watching this. But, you know, just yeah. inform, inspire, and entertain. And you're there. Yeah. I placed a guy with private equity, young fella, 30-year-old. Michigan State grad, got his engineering degree from Michigan State, went to work for, for an engine manufacturing company, turbine engine manufacturer, um, decided he wanted to go to business school, paid his way through business school at University of Michigan, top 10, you know, top, top tier program. While he was doing that, he simul simultaneously started a uh, e-commerce, like a website, and they sold bar supplies. 
yeah, you know, customized sure. shot glasses, things like that, which I thought yeah. was cool. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it's initiative. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, here's a guy. I went to Michigan State. Kind of humble parents. Went to Michigan. Got an engineering degree. I run. Uh, I run thirty people at this. You know, I run. You know, manufacturing for a cell of people at this turbine manufacturer, and now I want to go get an MBA. Man, I love that story. Yeah, you called up a client. You got to talk to this kid. Yeah. They, they love him too. He's, he's killing it. He's killing. Yeah. He's been promoted twice. But the, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, and it comes down to you know when people are doing the resume, they are telling their story, and their story has to be informative. Hey, has to be inspiring, and it has to be entertaining, because yeah. if if it's just a bunch of bullet points. Nobody will read it. If you go to the job interview and you can't tell your personal story, nobody can relate to you. Yeah, you know, the, the other aspect I was, th I was thinking about this before we went on air here about storytelling, you know, I think there's two forms of storytelling too. There's the storytelling where you're up in front of an audience or you're giving a presentation. Mm -hmm. You're telling a story, okay? You know, as a comedian would. I think the, the other thing is, in order to get involved in the storytelling mode with someone else, if you're having an interaction as if in a job interview, yeah, you've got to be able to start your story. Okay. And I think the first thing that one has to do is learn how to establish that connection. And, you know, once you establish the connection and once you find out what the other person's wants and needs are, for instance, in a video interview, I tell people, Look over the shoulder of the person. See what's hanging on the wall. See what colleges they went to. See if they're involved with sports. They have a family. They have a, you know artwork. Whatever it is, that's how you establish the connection. Because once you establish common ground, then you're off to the races. Yep. Now you can tell your story, but it has to be relevant and it has to be something that's responsive to whoever you're talking with. I'll talk about. So I went to a conference back in November. I was invited to speak at this conference. And I got down there and for the two days before I was three day, you know, two and a half day, three day conference before I was invited to speak, I was one of the last speakers. And I listened to CEOs talk about hiring, how hard it was for them to hire people. They're really having a challenging time. And I was going to get up and I was going to, I got to tell you my, my, this, the, the talk I was originally going to do was, was boring. I, I was almost, I'm almost embarrassed. No, I am embarrassed. I go back and I look at him like, I, I, I can't believe I was going to talk about that. Yeah. It's amazing. How but like, but a great thing happened is for two days, all these CEOs told me they're having a really hard time finding really good people. And then it clicked. You know, Maddie, my daughter. Oh yeah. Superstar. And I sat there and I said, yeah, I got up. I just took my whole presentation and chucked it. I said, guys, here's the deal. I was going to come up and I had slides. I was going to do it. For two days, you've whined to me that you're having a hard time finding people. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about my daughter. And they're like, what's your daughter? I'm like, we're just going to talk about my daughter. Yeah. My daughter, when she was seven years old, was diagnosed with juvenile diabetes. And everybody thinks that you know, having diabetes, juvenile diabetes, you, you take a couple insulin shots every day and you're fine. Well, no, it, life ain't that easy. She hmm. makes it look easy, but it ain't, it ain't, you know, for her to go play tennis is a two hour prep, you know, get your blood sugars right. 
But the one thing she can't stand is making a B in life. She has to have the A. And she has to go out, and if she plays tennis, she has to go out and do her best. She can't just go hit balls. She's got to crush it because she's just got that mindset. So many people have beat her up because of her diabetes. Now she just can't. So you talk about you're a company. What do you want? You want people who need the A. You got single mothers out there who really want to see their kids do well. You got, you know, you got very humble parents out there who want their kids to do well. You got a guy working on the factory floor, or a girl working on the factory floor who really doesn't want to be, you know, working on the factory floor all their lives and they're going to college at night. And instead of saying you didn't go to Harvard, you went to night school. I'm looking at that going, damn, that's some nice initiative. Talk to me more about this. Yeah, definitely. And you listen to their story. And when companies start listening to the stories and understanding that they need a brand that gets people interested in their company, then the world gets a whole lot, the sky gets a whole lot bluer. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, individuals telling stories is really powerful, but when an organization is able to tell a story, then it becomes a real competitive advantage because now you're talking about, you're communicating your purpose, your objective and your goals, how you want to change the world, just as Steve Jobs did. Yep. If a company or organization can learn to tell a story, and that's through either a marketing campaign or through their CEO, who is typically the face of the organization, or when organizations can tell stories, that's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. That's those those companies make more money, have more customers, have greater profitability, and have happier workforces. No doubt about it. You, you think about the great brands, Nike, Apple. Customers are sticky. Yeah, you know, they're not. They're 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 absolutely sticky because they you know Nike just do it. Apple, yeah, I got my iPhone here, and you know you got a better chance of winning lotto than to get me to lose my iPhone. And, but they tell great stories. Yeah. I think Amazon starting Amazon, you know, we we're here to make money. That's not a story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, know, you know, a lot of your hedge funds, well, we're just here to make money. Well, okay. That's not, that's not a really good story. Yeah. People want more than that. So anyway, it's, there's so many ways, there's so many dynamics, but it all starts with, yeah. I love what you just said inform inspire and entertain that's what it's all about brother it's not that hard not that hard i try and i try and do it to my wife every day you know i try to inform her inspire her entertain her i mean just celebrate my 40th wedding anniversary i think i'm doing a pretty good job of that personal side good <laughs> lord man i think that's the key it really is uh uh you know organizations and companies learning how to tell stories too that's becomes very powerful. Yeah. Tell me a successful, tell me a successful executive that ever, ever, you know, they, the executives that go into their office, they close the door and hide. They don't, they don't tell stories. They don't inspire. They don't understand. Tell me how many, how far those guys get, those girls get when yeah. they do that. The I, is, I think that's why Berkshire Hathaway has, has such a great following because you know, Warren Buffett can tell a story, but man, Charlie Munger, are you kidding me? Have you ever heard that guy talk before? No, actually, I never have. It, it, it's like talking to grandpops, you know, like on the yeah. on the porch out in front of your house. 
out in the country, you know, with the sun going down, the guy is like compelling, you know, and he's talking about the X's and O's of business, you know, the, the profitability, EBITDA growth, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, he's telling you a story out in front of Dairy Queen. You know, it's just, he's, he's, he's the quintessential, like informative, inspiring and entertaining personality, but he's an unbelievable business guy too. He's a financial genius, but he can still tell a story. And look at Berkshire Hathaway, man, you know? Yeah. They have that annual stakeholders meeting out. and It's like a, it's like a pilgrimage to Mecca or something. There's like hundreds of thousands of people that converge in that place just to hear him talk. That's crazy. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, and that's it, but you know, it's all good. So I think that's what I wanted to talk. You know, I was thinking about, you know, you, you texted me the other day, said, what are we going to talk about today? And I said, you know, it's July 4th weekend. Yeah. It's the story of the beginning of America. And, and look, so people that are listening to this, whether they're, trying to find a new job, get a better job. It all starts with a powerful story. If you're a company trying to build a brand or get better people, it's about telling a story. Yeah. And it's about connecting with an audience. And it's a very simple, it's a very simple process. If you put your, put your mind to it. Yeah, man. Inform, inspire, entertain. Love it. Rob, (laughs) how do people get a hold of you? They can, they can email me at rob at mrfairfax.com. Uh, our website's www.mrfairfax.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on social media. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure being on your show, Craig. You got to connect with Rob. Um, he writes some awesome blogs all about, all about million-dollar careers. So, uh, hey, Rob, thanks again for coming on. All right, Craig. We'll see you next week, and uh, have a happy 4th of July with your family. Yes, sir. You do the same. Be safe. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.